Don't even trip. Hello. Give me one second, everybody. I feel fantastic. Finally fixed the camera. Let's get some people in here. All right. Hey, Angie. What are you doing on Twitch? Only degenerates are here. <laughs> I'm just going to wait for some people to come in here and then we dance. A lot to cover today. A lot to cover today. Are you with uh, Alana right now? You can't be, no?
stream announcements. Boom, there we go. Uh, my eyes are red, don't worry, it's due to soap. I get soap in my eyes. When I shower, and my eyes are very sensitive. Very sensitive. We should be okay. Not soap, shampoo. <laughs> Let's see what we can do today. So today, we just discuss MSI briefly. We do a little meditation. I need to clean up the apartment so it's not going to be long and I have some things to do. But uh, I thought, might as well get something, in, get something done at least. I read some of the people who has blue eyes, their eyes are sensitive. Well, the thing is, I have green eyes. People always think I am blue, but they are green. Eyes are green. I don't know if it's noticeable in the camera because I can only look into the camera and I can't look into the picture. Cheesh! Thank you very much, Evil Jacob Wolf. We've been homies for uh, a very long time, Evil Jacob Wolf. Very, very long time. Well, anyhow, like always, we jump into it. Let me just tweet it real quick. Oops, Okay, I think this is a good time to begin. Hello ladies and gentlemen, the people on YouTube, we're doing always uh, on Sundays this live show that we call The Voice of Yamato. Hopefully the camera is better now because I figured out how to do manual focus. Eyes are very red due to shampoo, nothing else. There's no crazy ketamine or meth story here, there's just... Uh, my eyes are sensitive to shampoo. I wear lenses because without, without them, I'm practically blind. I can barely see my screen. Like I'm so nearsighted that, uh, you know, I barely see anything. So I need lenses. Actually, it's uh, quite silly because I managed to, you know, 
I managed to get through school because, like, without any visual, you know, aid, because I was scared of telling my parents. My, my, my father's very conservative, you know, his brain is like 200, 300 years old. If I happen to, you know, tell him that I, my size shit, he's going to be like, yo, you can't play video games. And you can't play video games. So I was scared, so I just walked around being blind. I was just walking around like this all the time and, you know, just copying other people's notes because they were sitting closer to me, you know, and I was doing this trick called the diamond. Basically, I was looking at things through a diamond. It's kind of weird how it, like, makes you see better because you just focus on one point. I was just doing this diamond when I was reading as if I'm fucking inspecting jewelry or some shit while I'm reading off the, the whiteboard that the teacher is uh, <clears throat> writing on, right? So that was very silly. Then eventually, you know, I just, I don't know, I had to do like an eye test for school and they're like, yo, you, you're blind as shit. I was like, oh, okay. Then I told my parents, they're like, yo, you dumbass, why didn't you tell us? You've been walking around like this for six, six years. I was like, yeah, I want to play World of Warcraft. So pretty scared, you know, I was competing, getting them gladiator titles, you know, I didn't want to give up that, you know. So, anyhow, with that being said, I have lenses, my eyes are sensitive, uh, just came out of the shower. With that being said, uh, you know, we always do this thing where we talk about, you know, there's a story behind all my clothing pieces, right? So this is... This is the one that is not so old, right? This is not so historic. Not so historic. For those who are just listening to this, this is my, my tracksuit that I wore uh, for the LEC. And the stupid thing is, you know, very stupid thing is that the LEC do not allow tracksuits. Because the LEC is the most prestigious red carpet event that it doesn't allow people to wear tracksuits. You know, when I was over in the LCK, I could wear a full branded outfit, you know, sandbox, boom. I could wear whatever the fuck I wanted, you know, anything. And it's, you know, it's not like I'm wearing a shit tracksuit. You know, this tracksuit is nicer than 90% of the suits that we see on stage. Let's be honest. So this is a tracksuit, right? It's, it's more of a leisure wear type thing, right? It's, it's more of a leisure wear type thing. This is a tracksuit. Yes, it's, it's, it's really cringe. So basically, first, Riot gave me a complaint. They gave me a complaint pretty much that, um, you know, they were like, yo, you can't wear a hat. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I was wearing a hat on the day, and I wore a hat together with the tracksuit because in my mind that made sense. Right? I'm not wearing a hat now because I just washed my hair, so I'm just chilling, right? And um, I was like, okay, how about the tracksuit? They're like, we're going to get back to you on the tracksuit. And the funny thing is, I tweeted out, you know, I was like, yo, Riot is against my tracksuit. And then the head commission is like, yo, no, you got, uh, you got uh, a warning for the hat, not the tracksuit. And then two weeks later, they're like, tracksuit's not allowed, they're not banned. So I have the commissioner there tweeting at me that, oh, I got a warning for something else. And then they tell me afterwards that I'm not allowed to wear tracksuits. And it's silly. It's goddamn silly. Like, why can't a coach represent the colors of the team if they wa- he wants to? It's like, wearing tracksuits, like, who cares? You know, like, allow it. 
And this is coming from me, you know, this is coming from me. I have this image, you know, that I sleep in a suit. I take a shower in a suit and this comes from me. You know, if my homie grabs wants to wear a tracksuit, let the man wear a tracksuit. If I want to wear a tracksuit, let me wear a tracksuit. If young buck wants to wear a tracksuit, let the man wear a tracksuit. You know, this, these rules are so archaic, you know? It's like, yeah, you have to wear business casual. Man, who gives a shit, man? You know, doesn't matter. It's just silly to, to, to enforce uh, these rules. But nevertheless, this tracksuit is very special to me because uh, there's this movie directed by Guy Ritchie with uh, Matthew McConaughey, right? Uh, called The Gentleman. And in that one, totally ensemble, these rules are basically in every event. Nah, come on, man. What event? The Champions League final. Is that an event to you? Don't have to wear a fucking suit there either. It's not an event to compete. I wouldn't say it's an event. You know, I'm not going to the prom. I'm not going to Something else. You know, some of the shit. Some of the shit, you know. The casters are allowed to express themselves however they want, right? They're allowed to express themselves however they want. You know, like, I saw Andrew wearing a t-shirt. It's like New York skyline. I see Shox is wearing, you know, Queen. You know, the band, right? Guns N' Roses or something like that. You know, they're sick. You know, express yourself. Which is all right, you know. Competing in esports is definitely not a formal event. Self-made is the reason tracksuits are banned. Let's get boom. Yo, Adam, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah the castles look look chilly. They look they are chilling. Uh, but nevertheless, you know there are, there are a lot of things in the rule set that are very archaic. And uh, nevertheless, I was talking about the gentleman. The movie, the gentleman. Guy Ritchie is one of the best directors out there goddamn genius you know he, he just writes scripts that just hit you they're just the language is so vulgar and raw and it's just you know you just feel like uh you know that just hits some type of way it's fucking funny it's fucking you know it's just perfect snatch is much better of course snatch is one of the best movies ever made but they didn't wear any tracksuits because Riot controlled what they were wearing during that movie. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, in the movie The Gentleman, there's like this... What's his name? Russell... Kim... What, what the hell is the, the, the Russell man? Well, what's, what's... I'm trying to remember his name. There's this guy. Let, let me just find a picture real quick. I'll find your picture real quick. Uh, the Gentleman... Pictures. Well, that's my robot vacuum cleaner. I'm assuming you guys hear it. Colin Farrell, that's his name. Colin Farrell. There we go. Colin Farrell. So I'm going to just bust that up on the, on the screen. So this, this is where my inspiration came from. So this is where my inspiration It's literally the same thing. It, it, it's, it is the same thing. It's, it's the Lonsdale. It is literally the same thing. So I got inspiration for this. I was like, these guys look sick, you know? That's okay. You can take inspiration from higher places. 
That was like, you know, I'm ready to wear some tracksuits for the LEC. Colin Farrell looked sick in the movie. Bugsy Malone. Lonsdale. That's what's up, you know. Lonsdale made these. That's another thing that Guy Ritchie does well. Like, wardrobe is really, really sick in these movies. But I really enjoyed this movie. You know, I took inspiration from that. It's like the same. I take inspiration from the Peaky Blinders, you know. Courtesy of the Peaky fucking Blinders. You know, it's just... I like how they dress. I take inspiration from that. I don't straight up copy it like in, in this case. But there's not a lot of, you know, freedom of expression when it comes to a specific tracksuit. It's like I can wear a Cuban chain. I can uh, maybe wear a, wear a watch or something, right? But nevertheless, Guy Ritchie, if you haven't seen the movie The Gentleman, go ahead and see it. They don't pay me shit. So it's, it's just a personal endorsement. It's the same with, with Snatch. Snatch is great, you know. Under this, t uh, under this though, I'm wearing a, a very special T-shirt. Yeah, the, the Peaky Blinders, they, they fucking wear some good-ass shit. Like, uh, the Peaky Blinders... Uh, you know, I, I, I've really tried to find a pocket watch. Bro, I barely use my wristwatch when I have it, right? Well, this is... This can be taken out of context. Uh, I don't use... A, a wristwatch so often to check time. We usually check my phone like uh, like any normal person that has a phone, right? But uh, but yeah, I wouldn't. My point is, I wouldn't fucking use a pocket watch that much either. But pocket watches look sick, right? They look pretty baller. You know, you pull out your pocket watch, smoke a cigar, and then you say, "Because you're the peaky fucking blinders, Tommy." Fucking Tommy. Fucking Tommy, I need cocaine, Tommy. Nevertheless. Tagoy is a great fucking watch brand. I actually have my Tagoy right here. I have my Tagoy right here. It's a Carrera. It's very, very nice. It's, 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 it's a very, very nice uh, watch. I was, uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to own a Monaco. Tago in Monaco. Yeah, just uh, gorgeous. Uh, nevertheless, um, I have this T-shirt. It's crazy, you know. I have this T-shirt. I wanted to celebrate RMG's victory a little bit, you know. Just a little bit before we clapped in my world, right? Uh, just, yo, what happened? What the fuck? I don't know, my, my camera just died. Yo, what, what is this? There we go, we're back. Pink. Self-made, man, why did you do this? Uh, nevertheless, <clears throat> this, this takes me back. Basically, Vitality in us, I don't want to show my underwear, I just want to show the back. Vitality, when I, back when I was in Vitality, we bootcamp with RNG, right? 
we book camp with RNG and um, it was a amazing experience because RNG took care of us, you know? Like RNG, we like we were the first ones in a long time to boot camp in China, so it was a big deal, you know? They need to make sure, you know, that the Vitality boys go back home and talk about how insane China is, right? So they took care of us. They really took care of us. RNG was amazing, you know? Went to their headquarters. It was, you know, it could have been a top post of evil buildings. You know, just sick-looking building, RNG, big RNG logo, the golden R, boom. It looked insane. And then we just went past all the floors of teams working in that office. Boom, 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 boom. Like six, seven floors was absolutely nuts. There was this guy called Bo. And Bo was was trolling me this entire trip. Come on, man, what's happening? Like, why, why, is, why is the camera giving up? Why? I don't understand. Forgive me, this is not uh, how I plan things to go. At worst case, if it keeps doing this, I'm just going to switch to my Logitech mouse. So basically, Bo, he was taking care of us, right? He was um, one of the higher-ups in RNG, and he was taking care of us the entire time. And um, it was... Um, Really, like he was, he was a great guy, really funny guy. He was making jokes all the time. And he was saying this thing as he's like, Yamato, you need to kill a duck. I was like, What do you mean? I was like, You're kidding, right? You have to kill a duck. Ceremony. You're the head coach. You're the head coach. You need to kill a duck that we're all going to eat. Like, you know, thinking to myself, I was like, you know, Monkas, you know, um, didn't really think that uh, I'm going to kill a duck. And I was like, okay, I didn't think too much about it, right? I didn't think too much about it. I was like, yes, whatever. And then the next day, he's like, Amaro, have you thought about killing a duck? For, for, to eat, to eat is good. You have to kill a duck. And I'm like, yeah, dude. This, uh, I don't think I'm mentally prepared for it. So he's like, okay, okay. The next day. So we're there for two weeks. This is the third day. Third day. He's all, yo, are you ready? We're going to go to Beijing. You're going to kill a duck. I was like, yo, I, I wouldn't even know what to do, man. And he's like, you pick up the head, and then you spin the duck, like a Beyblade. And then you crack its neck, and that's it. Man. I was like, yo, that sounds brutal. That sounds brutal as fuck. <laughs> it just... Uh, 
and <laughs> and then afterwards Bo luckily Bo had he was busy <laughs> thank you very much A for you luckily Bo was busy okay Bo <laughs> Bo was busy thank god Bo was busy for a couple of days I didn't hear nothing about this duck nonsense nothing I don't know why my camera just keeps giving up I give it one more chance. And if it gives up again, then it is what it is. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. All right. Final chance. Otherwise, we go back to Logitech. So then he came back. I was like, yo, Bo, good to see you. We missed you. And what up? You know, he didn't even say hello. Let's say hello. He's like, yo. Have you thought about killing this duck? We're leaving for Beijing in two days. I'm like, you know, at this point, at this point, you know, my mind is beginning to rationalize it, right? Like, beginning to rationalize it because I eat meat, right? I eat meat, I eat beef, I eat chicken, I eat duck. There's a sense of hypocrisy if I'm willing to eat it but not kill it, right? It's almost as if I don't pay uh, the respects. Well, goddammit. As if I don't pay the respects, right? I don't pay the respects. For this animal that has sacrificed itself right for my enjoyment for my pleasure how does it make sense that I'm willing to eat meat but not willing to you know uh, okay well let's just keep going with the Logitech camera How does it make sense, right? How does it make sense? So I was beginning to rationalize it, you know? Because this guy gave me a couple of nightmares. And then, like, we begin our travel to Beijing. We took one of those bullet trains. It was all good. It was interesting. Uh, good times. Beijing was, was chaotic, man. Beijing was really, really chaotic. It was mad because we... Um, Honestly, it's like the way people drive. They have no regard for, for lives. It's like they are just driving and no one gives a shit. There's almost no rules. It's absolutely mental. And then eventually we get to this restaurant. Famous Beijing Duck restaurant. And Bo is sitting next to me on, in the cab that we're driving over there. And he's like, Yamato, this is it. This is your moment. Are you ready? And I'm like... I'm fucking ready. You know, I'm, I built up this, this thing. I was like, I want to make sure, you know, I don't disrespect the customs here. I don't want to disrespect RNG. I don't want to disrespect Bo. And also, in my mind, I rationalized it. I was like, yo, I eat duck. I eat chicken. I eat beef. 
I eat, you know, fish, whatever. I need to be willing, you know, to do the deed. Otherwise, for me, I'm a hypocrite. So I have the confidence, you know, chest up. Chest up. We walk up the stairs. And then boom. Bo just tells me that he's been fucking with me for two weeks. He's like, you're really gonna do it. You're really gonna, yeah, I was really gonna do it. You've been doing this. You've been talking to me about this shit for two weeks. Uh, yeah, I was really ready to do it. In the way, duck. This duck restaurant, this duck was delicious. Yeah, really, really fucking insane duck. It's like they prepared this, this, this whole duck. They just prepared it for us. It was delicious. It was like this specific part of the duck that was just fat. just fat from the duck. It was absolutely delicious. You know? She was baiting me for two weeks. You know, I love people. I love it when people are so committed. Committed to a joke. You know? It's like, you know, there's, there was, this, there's, there was a, an old friend of mine, right? His name is Artsiv Babikian. So he's from Armenia. He's from Armenia. And, uh, yo. This guy was committed to long-term jokes. So he, there was this girl in our class. So this was many years ago, many, many years ago. There was this girl in our class. He kept telling this girl... But one of our friends, his name is Daniel. Daniel, he pretty much just kept telling this girl that Daniel is in love with her. He just did it for a year. And he didn't tell anyone. He didn't tell anyone that he was telling this girl that Daniel loves her. And it wasn't true. It's just something he made up. Just... Something he made up. So, like, yo, this, this, this girl is, um, like, um, the, the, Daniel is in love with you. Is what he kept saying. And what occurred, eventually, so it's basically me and Arsi were sitting, it's something in, in Swedish we call Hallen. But it's, I don't know why it's called light, the light hall. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but this is where... During our breaks, this is where we spend our free time, right? The light hall. And he just comes to us, he's like, yo, this, this fucking girl in our class, she's fucking behaving weird. You know, she's fucking, she's being weird as fuck. I don't know what it is. Because, like, sometimes you have to do group projects and you just get randomized. And then he's in the same group as this girl, right? And as it just starts fucking laughing. He just fucking starts laughing. He's dying. I'm like, yo, what, what are you, what, what's up? What's up? What is going on, you know? He's like, yo, what, what, what is... Why are you laughing? And he's like... I've been telling her... <laughs> for one year... <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that you're in love with her. <laughs> I just... I love this. I love this so much. Just, he just did it <laughs> for no fucking reason at all. And then one year later, the, the seeds that he had planted <laughs> just showed up. <laughs> and Daniel was pissed, man. He was so fucking angry. 
was really really pissed it was even worse because <laughs> later we go back to the classroom we're supposed to continue working on this project and then Danielle is trying to explain it he's like Artsiv was lying I don't love you and everyone, <laughs> and everyone just looking it's like what the fuck is happening because <laughs> no one no one knows no one knew it was only the girl it was only Artsiv <laughs> It's like, I don't love you. Artif was lying. And Artif... <laughs> and I, I don't say anything. <laughs> I don't say anything. Artif's like, why would I lie, man? Why would I lie? I care for you, brother. <laughs> it, was just, it just got worse. It just got worse. And after that, you know, this girl didn't change her mind. Like, she's, <laughs> she always thought that... Uh, Daniel loves her. I haven't met them in a long time. Maybe they are married. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. No, some good times. Can you show your Hendrix strat? Here it is. This is my Hendrix strat. Girl, I'm sitting next to a mountain. Boom, boom, boom. I chop it down with the edge of my hands. All right, let's move on to uh, the next segment of uh, the show. The next segment is meditation. So come along with me on the journey of meditation. For those who um, didn't like missed the introduction. Uh, basically, you know, meditation is about, you know, facing your own emotions, you know, understanding that, you know, you're human and your emotions and your distractions, they function almost like a waterfall. And in order to not get wet or slip or get injured by this waterfall, you need to acknowledge that it's there, right? Acknowledge that it's there and be present in the moment of time. Meditation helps the ability to harness your mindfulness. Because mindfulness is something that you can practice, um, you know, in everything. Practice it in everything. You can practice mindfulness while eating. You can eat and actually, you know, truly enjoy your food. And we've, we've gone to this time, moment in time, where it's so common for us to, like, watch something while we eat, you know? You have to watch something while you eat. You need to be distracted while you eat. You know? the, the essence of eating and enjoying a meal is uh, lost upon us. Right? Same in League of Legends. In League of Legends you can practice mindfulness. It's very important to be present in a moment of time because your mind tries to preserve energy. And a lot of us, when we've played a lot of League of Legends, you know, you know, in the beginning we we start with a beginner's mind, and everything is new to us, everything is exciting. But then, after you play a hundred games, two hundred games, in my case, fifty thousand games, right? Fifty thousand games. It is very, very normal for your mind to preserve energy and make certain elements of your play automatic. And League of Legends is inherently a game that is chaotic. 
because there's too many variables. There are certain aspects of it that can be replicated between, between the games, but in nature, you know, the amount of compositions, the amount of differences that you can create with the amount of champions that are in the game, there is almost always some new variables there, right? Some new situations get created. You know, the, I think the amount of compositions you can create with the, the 150 champions that are, it's really, really a lot, right? There's millions probably. I haven't done the math. Maybe someone can do the math. And... Um, Whoa, that was a mistake. And um, with that in mind, uh, you know, it's important to practice mindfulness because being aware of where you are in that moment in time. You know, the best example I can give is when you play games, right? Whether it's World of Warcraft or League of Legends, time flies. Time flies, right? People say time flies when you have fun, which is true, but time also flies when you're doing things you've, your mind thinks you've done before. So in essence, you know, if you are staring at a clock, just watch the analog clock, you know, tick, 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 tick. You know, each second feels significant, and right? Each second feels very significant. And... Um, When you play League of Legends, one game that is 30 minutes, 35 minutes can just go by like that. So in League, you can also practice mindfulness, being very aware of the situation, actively processing it, right? Actively making conscious decisions will help you out in the long run. So mindfulness can help you in your day-to-day -day life, helps me enjoy things that are mundane and, and, and boring and allows us to truly you know, live in the now. Because days go by so, so fast. It's something that scares me a lot when, when days melt together. You know? A lot of our days look similar. But in those details, there's the beauty of what living is, in my eyes. But nevertheless, for those who are interested, you can join me. I'll do my meditation now. You're all welcome. This is the, the voice of Yumaro, um, guided meditation. It's important to take a good posture. Breathing is a 360 thing. So it's not like not doing backflips. What are you on about? You're starting to sound like a phony salesman. No, I'm not selling anything. Just, um, for me, I think mindfulness is just being present. You know? And being present allows you to notice the smaller details. And maybe, you know, the the language that I'm not using maybe sounds like a funny salesman, like I'm selling something, but I'm really not, I'm not selling anything. <laughs> so it's, it's really not. I'm just, I'm just sharing my thoughts on this topic. And uh, if you disagree, that's completely fine. 
that's okay. Life goes by fast. I'm 25 now, I don't know. <laughs> 25 years, they, they went by, you know. The same, I tell my players on a daily basis. You know, every day is very, very important. Every game is very important. You know, it's like, if, if you are doing things as if they are the only thing that exists, you truly, truly give yourself to that thing. Right? When you queue up for a game, you queue up for a damn game, you know? If nothing else but that game exists in that moment in time, you're going to give yourself completely. And our life is so filled with distractions, whether it's our own emotions, our thoughts, noise. It's tricky. It's not easy at all. It takes practice. So let's begin. Breathing is 360. You need to make sure that you have um, nothing blocking your back. Because when you breathe, you expand everywhere. Not just in... Uh, you, you, you expand. Let's take a couple of deep breaths. Next out breath, let's close our eyes. Slow down our breathing to a regular pattern. And then Scan the room for any sounds in the environment. It's important that you don't chase any sound. Just notice and move on. And now just scan your body, creating an image of your own body in your mind. Scan from your head down to your toes for any feelings of pain, 
discomfort, comfort, but just notice it and continue scanning. If you ever find yourself distracted, don't punish yourself. Just a repetition for you to refocus. Like a repetition in the gym. Refocusing is doing a push-up, training your focus muscle. Now, I want you to notice the points of pressure that your body creates on the chair or on the floor. Your legs touching the ground. And what is your point of gravity? Notice the pressure that you create. And now, just take a couple of deep breaths, but every time you breathe out, notice how tension body is pushed out with the air you push out. Slow down your breathing. To whatever feels natural. Now we're going to do a breathing exercise where you count one to ten. Each breath don't need to change your breathing pattern. One breathe in, one breathe out is one. And when you reach 10, you just start over. 
one. Two and so on. Ever get distracted, just recenter your focus. Never get distracted, just recenter your focus. Now you can let go and relax your mind. I want. I want you to reflect on why you've decided to do this meditation today. What's your reasoning?
now, when you're ready, you can open your eyes. All right. My reasoning as to why I do meditation is because this just feels beneficial to me. I feel better on the days that I do it. I'm sure the effect is different for everyone. I'm not saying this is some medical cure, but it's like an exercise for your mind, you know? As, um, I get this feeling of solace and peace and clarity at the moment uh, when I'm done. like a good challenge you know you get to be in your own world for a little bit i enjoy that but nevertheless we move on to the next topic which is a big one This, you know, let me pull it up, right? So we can all see it. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, it's crazy how fast the news cycle in everything changes. You know, I had the intention of discussing MSI topics, you know, like, oh, the side selection, like, like Damon getting screwed over, RNG having no coach, Iceland and so forth. Like, I was about to, you know, make um, some conversation about that topic, but that topic is just gone, you know. That, that topic is just gone. We've moved on to, to the next big thing. And the next big thing is what LSE Wulu posted. For those who don't know, LSE Wulu says that he has a um, credible source. The real reason Bipper will jungle now is that his teammates, Niski Upset Hilly, did not want to play anymore with Self Made. Self Made was always flaming his teammates hard. They preferred to play with Bipper. Things went seriously wrong when Fnatic lost against Top Esports at World. So already there, there is a massive disconnect. So already there, you can note, like, it, it doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense. The real reason Bipo will jungle now is that his teammates Niski, Upset, and Hilly did not want to play anymore with Selfmade. Selfmade was always flaming his teammates hard. 
things went seriously wrong when Fnatic lost against Top Esports' Worlds, and the skin upset had nothing to do with that. Right? Self-made, blamed, and flamed Nemesis so hard after the game, not the first time, by the way. Reckless, Bwipo, and Hilly did not approve what Selfmade did. Now Selfmade is finally paying the bills. So who would say, finally paying the bills? That's already, you know, that's silly. That's very, very silly. Paying the bills. I understand what this person is saying. You know, maybe there's some translation error, you know? Flaming mates behind the scenes. And he's trying to put the fault on others. Hopefully he will learn from that and it will not happen in vitality. So they asked Bipo, management included, if he wants to jungle. And everybody said yes and was supporting him, including all the other teammates. That's how Selfmade was forced to leave Fnatic. He ran out of options, sad for him, but it is what it is. So, first and foremost, on the topic of LEC Rulu, you know, I've had this, you know, idea in my mind is, you know, the only people that would ever leak anything to LEC Wulu are people that would actively benefit from leaking this thing, right? It's like, why else would anyone ever leak? So it's like, who, who, who leaks to LEC Wulu? You know? Like, I would think, fucking, you know, like agents maybe? Some scummy ass agents out there? Like, I, I think the whole thing of being, you know, anonymous and leaking things, you know, I think that's already creating, you know, an issue in itself, you know? Because people are only going to LEC Wulu for some kind of benefit, right? And that's common, right? It's common to use journalists to, you know, just press buttons, you know? Another thing is, it might be people that are trying to become relevant somehow, right? Because a mistake that players do very often is that they talk way too much and they trust the wrong people. They just trust the wrong people. It's like they like like players in general. Players in general just trust the wrong people and information that, that shouldn't come out comes out. You know? It's so important to understand as a player and as a community, but it's easier to do it from the player side because, you know, I try to make my players understand this, is that sharing things that went wrong and what people did in a team is never going to work because you miss the entirety of the context. The entirety of the context, right? There is so much context missed. If it's like, yeah, uh, let, let's, let's pretend that this happened, right? Self-made after the best of five against top esports said something he shouldn't have said uh, to his teammate. I'm not saying it happened because I don't know if it happened. 
if it happened. In the context of maybe they worked all year long and that moment, there was a lot of emotion in that moment in time and, you know, uh, they went to five games against top esports and it ended in a disappointing way. Maybe in that moment in time, something slipped. Maybe, maybe a day later, maybe there was regret, right? Maybe there was an apology. Maybe there was some bridging of, uh, you know, you, you, you build some bridges, you learn, you know? In every team, there's arguments. In every team, there are things that, that go wrong. It's only natural. It's only natural, right? And if you just throw things out there without the context, people are going to get burnt for no reason. When I look at Spring Split, right? We, Spring Split was not successful. But there's no blame to assign. You know, in my mind as a coach, right? When I work with players, what I want from my players is commitment, right? I want commitment to each other. I want commitment to the project. You know, in a perfect world, you function in a team as if this is your last team. This is, this is your last players that you're ever going to work with. Then you're going to give 100% of yourself, right? And um, with that in mind, it's, it's, it's similar, right? Like the, the, the same way I view uh, my relationship with, with my girlfriend, I cannot give 100% of myself unless I truly believe in the idea that there is no one else. And I do. And this is how I give 100% of myself. The only way you give it an honest chance, you give 100% of yourself, you give yourself to something. Something greater than yourself. So to continue on on the topic, right? Whether this is true or not. So this is not true, I can tell you straight up. You know, this, this whole LSE voodoo thing, it's not true. You know, there's, there's a few, few groups of people, you know, like, who work day to day that will under, only us will understand the context of anything that went down in spring. The same way, it's not up to me to judge what happened in the year before. I was there. Tolki was there. The players were there. And Chris, the manager, was there. And no one else has any valid input. And these people, these guys, I know none of these guys leak the shit. Because none of them talk like this. None of them write like this. So whatever source it came from, it's not fucking credible. Because they don't have the context of the entire fucking spring split. And I'm sure as hell they don't have the context of the entire last year either. Because you need to be there to understand the context. You need to be there. And that's why I always tell my players, everything that happens in this fucking room stays in this fucking room. Because no one out there will understand the context. People always choose sides. People always misconstrue things. People will always make their own image of it. And that's dangerous. In a world where we are, you know, trying to give ourselves to a situation and be pure and honest, we're going to have moments of weakness. We're going to have moments of weakness. And 
how can a player function in a team you know it it truly you know these these players they spend hours and hours together hours and hours together and they're going to do things sometimes that they shouldn't have done right it's normal it's normal it's called being human you're right he made me king it's called being human and when you take one thing and throw it out there the, the crowd will have a frenzy absolute frenzy and a key thing as well is information can change information can change as someone mentioned you know you know Bipo went on that talk show uh, right he went on the crackdown and um, he, he spoke very harshly about uh, some of his teammates some of the play right he was very honest and i'm sure he also realizes his mistake and you know these guys are young these guys are young whip was 22 22 man these guys are under a lot of pressure a lot of pressure self-made too the man has competed now for three years this is his third year SK, Fnatic, and uh, now Vitality. In regards to why things happened, you know, 2020 East was this old? No, it's not. It really isn't. It really isn't. People, people grow, people change. So often in esports, you know, there's this, uh, you know, I try to stay, steer clear from this, uh, this mindset, you know, that, uh, you know, the moment something goes wrong, you want to change players. And um, this is what I was trying to build uh, with the guys. You know, I was trying to make sure that in the off season, no matter what comes down, they are going to commit themselves uh, to the project. And um, uh, we were uh, actively talking to Oscar and in my mind you know I was committed to the, this group of players uh, with Oscar in the jungle and uh, I knew that there was a lot of lessons in spring right there was a lot of lessons in spring that we are going to be able to deploy in summer so in my mind I'm working in that ca capacity we had no personal problems with self-made outside of practice this was one of the friendliest bunch that i've ever worked with it really wasn't that you know Niski was making jokes the other day about you know fist fights you know we were good we were good that was the the one thing that i was the most proud of in spring is you know we as a, as a, as a group we were capable of spending time together and enjoying each other it was it was very very good And then, of course, it comes down to the situation of uh, Adam, you know, up-and-coming player. You, know, you want to... A fanatic is uh, in the mindset that they want to secure uh, their future, right? Uh, when it comes to re-signing players, sometimes you need to do uh, tough decisions. And um, Adam was an exciting prospect. Uh, our time to strike was now, so they went for it. And uh, in the context of our group, you know, Whippo 
jungling is something that uh, just makes sense. It makes so much sense. And I know the community is kind of on and off about it, but this is something that he has contemplated uh, and something that has been in the back of the mind of uh, the players that have, uh, like the, the coaching staff that has worked with Buipa for a long time. Uh, I've always contemplated and considered it. And um, Buipa is the type of person that has a lot of fucking game knowledge. And any team that has Whipple will massively benefit. And for us, Whipple is, is a very, very key player. So in the context for us, you know, for, for me, if I evaluate who is going to be more important for the team uh, between Whipple and Selfmade, for me, naturally, the answer is Whipple. Whipple has role swapped in the past, and uh, I know how important he is for driving the decisions that we make in the game. He's a central part of, of the team. He has a lot of fucking game knowledge. He has a really good understanding of mid lane, of bot lane, of top lane, and this transfers very, very well to jungle. Jungle is pretty much understanding game state, understanding tempo. And that's it. And this is something that Whipple is really, really good at. He rolls up to AD Carry, played with Hillisang. Hillisang and Whipple is lethal. It's a fucking dangerous, dangerous duo. Very dangerous. And I'm very, very happy to be the guy who... Who brings them closer together again? I'm really, really happy about this. And self-made as a person, you know, this guy is Oscar is very young, very young. He has, you know, he has some maturing to do, but who fucking doesn't? You know, he has some maturing to do, but who doesn't? I think this guy has great potential. Great, great potential. I think Oscar will be in the scene for a very long time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad that we couldn't uh, get the most out of, uh, out of spring. I'm sad. I'm really sad. And I hope that uh, everything works out for Oscar. Because I truly believe that this guy has, has great potential. He's, uh, he's a really, really fun character. He has, um, you know, a lot of good attributes. And I think he's going to succeed in spring. Me and him and us and the team, we couldn't make it work. And I hope that in Vitality that he finds an even better version of himself. But in regards to Fnatic, you know, for us, for me, it was essential to make sure that Whippo is in the roster. And Adam is someone that you sign to, you know, commit to long-term and uh, build up to something in the future. For now, you know, we've been doing... Uh, we've been doing... Very well, 
like our practice is going super well. The team atmosphere is functioning. You know, we're we're doing super well. Adam is joining. Whippo is um, handling this really, really good, really, really well. I think in Whippo's mind, you know, he uh, didn't want to be the person who, you know, replaces someone because uh, in our conversations in the off-season, for me, it was important that we commit to each other, right? That was the big lesson of spring, that we commit to each other, that we give each other everything. We, we, we back each other up no matter what, and we make a commitment. And that was a, a big topic of discussion. And... Um, you know, finally, when, when the decision came down, like for me and the management, we knew that Bibo was essential. We knew Bibo was essential, and we knew that this is going to be, you know, the best way for us to have a good impact in, in, in summer with the signing of um, Adam. So it just made sense. And Bipo, he's a professional, a goddamn professional. And uh, in terms of strategically, you know, everyone's behind uh, the idea of what the Bipo can bring to the table. And players are behind it, I'm behind it 100%. And we're behind him. And uh, this guy is uh, the right guy uh, for the task. I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Uh, put up any, any other person uh, for, for this task, honestly. Not a lot of people can role swap. Not a lot of people have the right instinct for it. But top laners, you know, I, I myself role swapped. I role swapped to AD Carry. I role swapped to Jungle. And I understand how skills can transfer between them. Thank you very much for the raid, Ponyhoff. And that's it. I don't think there's much more uh, to add on the topic. You know, you want to know the reasoning. Like, I think Whippo is essential to the team. I think he's essential to the players. He's essential to me. Whippo is a once-in-a-lifetime player that, uh, like, his impact on a team stretches beyond the role that he plays. And that, to me, is so important to keep in a team. And this is not a knock on self-made abilities at all. Sometimes the world just functions in a certain way. <laughs> Nevertheless, unless anyone else has any uh, questions on this topic, then um, we can move on. I don't think there's anything else to share. I think this LSE Wulu is, is garbage. I think... This is some person that managed to hear one piece of it and put their own spin on it. And, uh, you know, that's why everything needs to be internal, you know? It's like everything needs to be internal. In the heat of the moment, sometimes people say some shit. And uh, that can happen. You know, I've said some shit, the other guys have said some shit, and they apologize and they move on and they grow from it. And sometimes you 
pull out something out of context, some random person hears it and it makes up the whole story for it. That's not fucking how anything works. That's why you just don't, you know, you don't ever launder, like you just, you don't bust out your dirty laundry. You know, you just don't. Hey Nelson, how you doing? What shit did I say? I'm, I'm pretty good when it comes to managing my emotions, you know, it has taken practice. But, for example, in, in, in the past when I was a player, I was very toxic, very toxic. Good to hear that, Nelson. Congratulations once again on the new uh, position. I look forward to competing uh, against you. So another thing that people wanted me to discuss was the SK change. Uh, SK change. It's kind of weird. I like it's not the first time Jesus subs himself in, which is strange. Is this just Jesus' uh, special tactic to find himself on the starting roster? He just joins as a coach and then puts himself in. Because, uh, like, uh, to to remind everyone, you know, Jesus he also benched Mickey X. In Misfits. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, why do we need to sub to view streams? It wasn't like that previously before you were a Fnatic coach or are you monetizing every angle? Uh, no, it's like the VOD will be uploaded on YouTube for free. The reason why my VODs are sub only is because... Like... Um, you know, uh, I don't want to get copyright struck. So that, that, that is weird to me, you know? Like, um, like Jesus has been subbing himself in on the other teams. But if everyone agrees, you know, I, I didn't think, you know, I had high hopes for a player like Tinks uh, coming in. And he wasn't, you know, amazing. Um, I think a lot of SK's victories were steals. And I was very surprised to find them in playoffs at the end of spring, if I'm going to be completely honest. A lot of the games, they, they came back from, from deficits. They came back from big deficits. And there's a skill in that too, but it's not something that... I would, you know, hang in my Christmas tree. Uh, that's a Swedish saying. So, I'm not so sure. Yeah, like, Treats found a good engage. But that's not the only thing that, you know... Like, I, th I think switching from support to jungle, there is some crossover. Like, in, in the game of League of Legends, there's a lot of crossover. You know, there's a lot of crossover between all of the roles. The better you get, the more you know about other roles because you're going to begin to learn how to interact with them because you need to in order to actually win games and increase your chances. Sometimes you're playing a top laner and then you realize that, oh, you need to impact bot in order to win because you understand bot and so forth, right? But 
my I, I I just for me it's weird to put the treats to jungle in the same box as Bwipo to jungle because I think Bwipo is a once in a lifetime player. I guess this is Jess agrees. There's a lot of crossover from coach to support. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Let me just see what values roll real quick. Yo. They have made jungle much easier so players can switch and adjust faster these times. Uh... Jungle is easy if you want to make it easy. And the players that want to make it easy... Like... Did the... Did way just full clear? It's, it's like... The, the barrier of entry for jungle is way lower. That's for sure. And I'm sure... 90% of the silver players, I can tell them, just keep clearing your jungle on the spawn. Pick Shivana and just keep clearing your jungle on spawn. And they will win a lot of games. But at the highest level, like, look at RNG, okay? Look at RNG, does Wei just... Wei, is he just full clearing? Is he doing nothing? No, he's doing three camps into gank. He's, he's doing a lot of different things. Right? He's doing a lot of different things. Like people that want to chalk up, like the barrier of entry is easy, but to be at the top, very hard. Same as Inspired. Inspired and Spring did very, very unique things. Very unique things. Like gorgeous things. That takes skill. Very, 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 very good jungler. Wade did a lot of great things as well. It isn't the barrier of entry is easy. But to be at the top, to be the, a great jungler is very hard. Not easy. You need to understand a lot of moving things. And you need to have good lanes. What do you view right now? Wade did full clear most of the games before ganking? No, he didn't. And it's also, you know, just because you full clear once to get level 4 on Udyr to 315 and then fight crap, this is not the entire game, right? If the, if the conversation is jungle is easier now than what it used to be, okay. I think there might be some element of truth to that. But to me... In my eyes, it doesn't fucking require a lot of skill to do red and then blue and then fucking gank. Is that hard? What's the skill in that? Right? There's, there's, there's nothing skillful about this. You know? Like, back in the day, you did red, blue, you got level 3, and then you ganked. Oh, holy shit, you're so fucking good for level 3 ganking with the leads. You know, it's 
there's a lot more nuance to it. You know, you can add layers to it. And I think the barrier of entry of, of being an LEC jungler, you can get away with a lot of shit. But when you play against good players, you notice you, that you can't fucking get away with any shit. Right? So I think there's nuance to it. Uh, the, the other change is Sven got benched. You know, people ask me about why Sven got benched. And all I can say is, you look at the players and the, the staff that C9 has. Okay? So they have Mithy. They have Rainover. They have Perks. They have people that have worked with Sven in the past. Very, very often. Like, not often, but for a very long time. That is... You know... That is, uh, like, you just have to trust that decision. I don't think they're doing something stupid. You have to trust that decision. We don't know anything from outside. Even if I did, I wouldn't reveal anything. I wouldn't reveal nada. But I think C9 have enough credibility to take such a decision, not lightly at all, because they've been working with Zven for a long time. Sven takes imports a lot, King doesn't. Blabber should be sweating bullets, I think. That's the only angle that makes sense to me. But uh, I doubt they're going to make uh, uh, that big change right now, right? They are thinking about this year, and then after they're going to think about the next year. And they think that in this year, coming into the World Championship, this is going to be the best decision for them, right? But nevertheless... As uh, the final segment of the show, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to... We're going to look at the advice corner. So ladies and gentlemen, if you have um, any question, or like, uh, like if you need advice on a topic, please... Please hop on here. This is the Infanatic headquarters. No, I'm home. All right. Let's begin with some of these questions. Rebid writes, Hey Amaro, I wanted to ask for an advice on self-improvement. I've lately struggled... Well, let me just uh, press record before I, before I do it. So now to the advice section. Rebid asks and says, Hey Amaro, I wanted to ask for an advice on self-improvement. I've lately struggled to get into new hobbies and stuff due to me being afraid of failure. An example being me trying to get into writing, and as soon as I have an idea for a story down, I write a paragraph and stop there because I feel like it's not good enough. I rewrite it five times and then give up. This repeats with almost anything, be it painting, music like piano and guitar and so on. I just feel like everyone is watching and as soon as I fail, 
that everyone thinks I am an idiot. Basically, I dream of trying something out and in the end don't even try it. Any advice? Hmm. Now, these are the moments where I wish we would do these questions live. Because I would like to get to know you more, you know? You know, to give you advice. Hmm. You know, it's, it's difficult because in society, the only thing that is getting shown off, you know, with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TV, most of the time it's, we just see the perfect, right? Just see the perfect. When you see a picture on Instagram, you don't see how many takes or pictures or how many ugly pictures there are or, you know, with the filters and so forth. You just see the, the, the final product, right? You don't see the, the, the build-up, the process of, uh, of getting to that point. And starting at a different point can be you know starting at the bottom is it's it's very very intimidating but something that brings me peace is knowing that everyone does everyone starts at the same point in some sense of form of course there are certain things in our environment and how we grew up and certain elements that uh give more opportunities. You know, we don't have uh, equal opportunities all over the world. That's for sure. Just knowing that, you know, as you try and you fail, you're actively getting better. Failure sounds so negative losing sounds so negative but the path is always the thing that is the most rewarding getting to that point of perfection whether it's music or it's making sure you have that perfect picture or you know mastering something the path looks different for, for most of us, but in that path, in most cases, there is a lot of ugly for everyone. I can tell you the story of how I got into League of Legends. So I, 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 I have a very obsessive personality. Very obsessive. You know, if I latch on to something, I want to figure it out. I want to min-max it, I want to beat it to the ground. And League of Legends was a game that I was very bad at in the beginning. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I was very bad at the game. 
and more importantly i was very bad at a specific champion called shaco every failure that i did with me putting up the boxes back then you know putting the boxes it was a science man it, it was very very difficult like not difficult but it was tricky for a beginner to figure out how to use the boxes in the first clear you start cloth armor and, and so forth you did a lot of like silly silly shit and i was hinting it i was hinting it hinting it very very much but in, in every int you know in every int there is a lesson right and in your case you know every time you write a paragraph that's you going through the motion of something that you know next time maybe you'd rather go into a different direction and failure sounds so negative but giving up is the only true failure because then your experience is not something that you can put to use it's the same now you know in spring we had a terrible split you know on my end fanatic has not had a worse placing in four years and that to me you know in the beginning was very discouraging but i need to see this failure i need to look at it in a way where i need to make use of this failure to build towards what i believe will be my success and whether you rewrite it five times and then it's still not good enough at least you know five ways of how you wouldn't want to do it and there's something good in that too so now looking at spring getting 3-0 by shock and no fear terrible absolutely terrible if you just look at the title of spring as a book but in terms of the lessons and the the complex nature of the things that uh, I can learn from spring is going to be a big part of my success. People, some people are lucky and just succeed, but most of the time the, the story there is, is failing. Even someone like you, you watch The Last Dance right, with Michael Jordan, he wasn't just instantly winning. He wasn't just instantly winning. Took some time, took some work, and then eventually, you know, he figured it out. Right? That takes time. You need to be patient with yourself. Don't punish yourself for doing something that isn't perfect. Because if you did everything perfect right away, well, what was what was the point? Point? What would be the point of anything? There would be no beauty in winning LEC if it was easy. There would be no beauty in making music if you could just do it right away. There would be no beauty in this. It's the same. Right? Imagine playing piano. Someone could tell you 
why on earth do you want to play piano? You can just go on YouTube and then boom, piano. You can just search up some piano. You can have Moonlight Sonata. And you can have the third movement. And that's going to be very difficult for you to, for you to learn. And you can just listen to it. So why would you ever on earth want to learn how to play piano? No, it's the motion of, of creation. It's the, it's the work that is put behind it. It's the, it's the journey. It's the journey. Because the final product, you know, it's the same playing a guitar, you know? Like I, could, I could listen to Jimi Hendrix. I could listen to Jimi Hendrix. I could listen to Jimi Hendrix and just like, why on earth would I ever play guitar? But it's, it's all about the journey. It's about the experiences that you, you know, that you catch along the way. It's about learning yourself. It's about perfecting a craft. But we all begin at the point in time where we suck. Everyone kind of sucks. Through your mistakes, you need to learn. But if we give up, then those lessons are for nothing. Floki. And the key thing is as well, is growth is uncomfortable. It just is. I hope this helps you in some shape or form. Ducky writes, Hello, Mr. Coach. As you are a person that knows many languages, can you give us some tips, ways to learn a new language? I'm interested in Russian and or Mandarin. So what was the most helpful for me in terms of learning languages? I can give you the example of how I learned German. So Polish I learned at home. And that was, you know, you, you learn the language and, and the communication styles that you're exposed to. I was playing World of Warcraft with a lot of Russians, and I think that's part of where a lot of my accent comes from, as, as silly as it sounds. I have a very strange mix of an accent because I've exposed myself to very, very different people uh, throughout my growth years. And um, when it came to learning German, so I... I, I, I learned German in school for about seven years, I believe. I'm just guessing. Seven years. Three, three, three. Is it? Six years. For six years of my life, I learned German in school. And that was piss useless. Six years of learning German. I knew, I knew the, the basics. You know, ich bin Jakob, Biges, um, ich wohne in Schweden. You know, it was, it was not useful at all. But when I was meeting my girlfriend's parents, so I was staying there for one and a half month, two months maybe, right after the World Championship 2016, I went to my girlfriend's house. And um, what it came down to was, you know, I needed to talk to her parents somehow. So her parents only speak Russian and German. In that moment... I needed to communicate with them. There was nothing else. You know, I was forced to. 
And our mind works in a very curious way is that when you need to communicate with someone, you figure out a way. You just do. You just need to push, give yourself a little push because it can get very, very awkward. You, you point, you point, you make gestures with your hands, you take ideas from other languages, and then eventually you figure out a way to communicate. Right? In that month, I learned more about German and my German skills than I did in six years in school because I exposed myself to it. That's the key thing, exposure. If you're trying to learn Russian and Mandarin, expose yourself to the language. Change your client to a different language. Obviously, in the case of Russian and Mandarin, the, the, the alphabet is, is very different. Right? It's not the same as... Uh, as the, as the as the alphabet that I'm used to, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. But expose yourself to the language. It was the same, you know. Before I flew out to Korea, I just made sure to watch as many Korean dramas as possible because I needed to phonetically register Korean in my ears. In the beginning, you know, I didn't. I don't speak any language that is close to Korean, so my mind doesn't register as the, the separation of the words in, in Korean. It just didn't. I couldn't, I couldn't pick up any new words because phonetically I, it just didn't make sense in my ears. And I just had to expose myself and then you, you read the subtitles and then all of a sudden you pick up some words, you know, you pick up some phrases, you notice these, this, this word is reoccurring, this is always the translation, then you begin to build. Right? That exposure is important. Exposing yourself to a language. So ideally, I just don't understand how reading and listening to a language you don't know helps you learn. Well, it's just about exposing your ears to uh, new sounds. Uh, it, it really goes a long way. But I think that confrontation when you, when you have to communicate with someone, it really, really goes a long way. You know, my confrontation with, with Elena's parents, where I needed to talk German to communicate with them because I wanted to leave a good impression, uh, that made my German skills just skyrocket. It really did. And ideally, if you want to learn a language, you move. You just move to Russia if you want to learn... Uh, uh, you want to learn Russian. The easiest way to learn Mandarin is fucking move to China. You know, it's the easiest way. Yeah, put yourself in a spot where you have to do it and have no other choice. Pretty much. <laughs> That's my tip. But I am not a language teacher. I just uh, tell you what works for me. Noba. I hope that's not a fucked up word. Uh, hi, Mr. Cannon. Hey, Mr. Cannon, is what he said. What's the best way to get new people into league? Some of my friends don't want to play league because of the toxicity and general perception, and some are put off by the complexity. What's the best way to get them to get through the tough part until it gets fun? Maybe don't. You know, league is bad for beginners. Terrible for beginners. It's really, really bad for beginners. I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 sometimes I don't understand how. I, I don't understand how big, like how league got as big as it is. It really makes uh, 
<laughs> no sense to me. <laughs> I just I don't understand how new players. Uh, I don't know. How 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 can this player the game have new new players? It's like you queue up for the first game you ever play, and then there's like fucking eighteen Smurfs, and it's like they're just stomping on you. It's like a fucking noob uninstall. It's like I don't know, man. Uh, this is just maybe don't make them play. You know, they don't want to. They don't want to figure out a game that you all like. It's not about manipulating your team into playing it because maybe they just generally don't like it. TSM Dr. Fox, hey Amaro, how do you do it? Just do it. Lissandren, hey Amaro, do you have any advice or tips on how to be more self-motivated? I find I often know what I need to do to improve a life, lol, etc. But I often don't have energy and discipline to actually get the ball rolling and stick to it without an outside impetus. Well, for me it's important to keep my motivations and goals very close to my sleeve. These are things that I want to remind myself on a daily basis. I do not want to ever forget about them. Not forget in the sense that, oh, like I just don't remember anymore. It's about keeping them close to hearts and doing things with intent. So that helps me a lot, you know? Have things that remind you of your goals and your motivations, whether it's pictures, whether it's just you writing it down on a daily basis. Like, I want to succeed. Boom. Reminding yourself of that goal on a daily basis goes a long way. There's also a lot of things that, Give fuel for the soul, you know, uh, is what I call it. Fuel for the soul is, you know, could be that song that really gets you hyped up. Could be that speech that gets you in that right place. Could be that movie or documentary that puts your mind in the right place. There's a lot of inspirational people out there that have created success out of pure discipline and motivation. And you can take energy from that. You can take energy from that. You know, for me, a big one was The Last Dance. The Last Dance, watching The Last Dance, I just watch it and I just want to fucking go, you know? Rocky IV, you, you, I remember watching that as a kid. I, I, it was, it was wintertime and I just ran out, you know? And I'm just fucking carrying random logs, you know? I'm like 10 years old, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm motivated, you know? I was in that place, I was like, yeah, you know? Yeah, the fire, the fuel for the soul, my, my soul was burning. And that helps a lot, you know? Finding those, those, those little nuggets of fuel really, really goes a long way. And uh, I think something that can help is just making a schedule, you know? Making a schedule, journaling goes a long way too because you keep yourself accountable, you know? And it's, it's like I have something here called... Um, this is a 10-year diary okay so this is a book that has 10 years worth of information in it not not in it now but it, it can it has a space for it 
So the way it's designed, and I'm not going to open it because it's very private. Um, the way it's designed is that, you know, you just have space for five sentences on each day. It's very simple. Just, I just write it down. This is the day. This, I'm happy about the day. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy about it, you know? Very happy. There are no empty sites. And that also goes a long way. You know, journaling, keeping a schedule, finding fuel for motivation and keeping your goals close to heart, I think goes a long way. G2 Pancake. Hello, Mr. Cannon. Any tips on staying on a specific diet? I've lost 4-5 kilos since I got on mine around 2 months ago. My goal is to lose 30 kilos. But I haven't been fully, fully committing to it because I still want to enjoy what I eat. Well, um, I am not a nutritionist. I am not uh, like... Uh, I can only share what works for me. So during Christmas, things get wild and I gain a couple of kilos. What I do in order to make sure you know, that I don't censor what I eat is um, I just eat less frequently. That go just does the wonder for me. I just I eat less frequently. I, at my peak, at one point, I weighed 115 kilos, and that was a disaster. You know, it got to the point where my thighs were touching each other as I was walking. And I was like, what the fuck? This is really, really, really not okay. <laughs> it's just not okay. I'm a, I'm a pretty tall guy, right? I'm a, I'm a tall guy, so it takes, it takes a while for me to reach the point where, you know, it's alerting, you know, it's alarming. It takes uh, some time. And um, what I do, like at that point, I just ate one meal a day. But that meal, I went hard on that meal. That meal, I made sure that meal I ate exactly what I wanted. I have my fair bit of vegetables. I, like, I love vegetables. Vegetables are fucking delicious. Love fucking carrots. Love fucking broccoli. You know, and um, I just, I eat less. I use intermittent fasting and my stomach felt better than ever. You know, I just use intermittent fasting. And um, now I eat two meals a day and I'm happy. Just uh, don't eat a fucked up hours and I think that goes already a long way. Don't eat a fucked up hours. Another thing is, you know, your, um, your stomach and your taste, you know, the, the, the idea of an acquired taste, it really, it really, it, 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 it works. I don't know how to scientifically describe it, but having acquired tastes, you know, if you eat sugar on a daily basis, your body's going to crave sugar on a daily basis. So you need to like, detox yourself from garbage <laughs> you know you just have to detox yourself from garbage it's like uh, after some weeks you're not gonna have that craving anymore eventually it's gonna reach a point where it's gonna even taste bad you know you just need to get over that hump you just need to get over that you know uh, that, that, that hump where you're gonna, gonna be craving everything Detox is a really bad word, is it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not a nutritionist, so maybe I'm the wrong person for this. I'm just sharing what I do. 
and um, I think just yeah, our mind functions in a way where we you know are we we have an acquired taste and uh, and that's it. Yeah, I didn't think detox is a bad word. My man's uh, confusing me in the chat. Okay, let's do two more. Do girl, hi Amaro. How do you recommend to choose a life and career path? I think you can only get the most out of yourself if you're truly committed to what you're doing. And to be truly committed to what you're doing, you need to have passion. And to have passion, you need to know what you love. And, um, you know, for me, I was very lucky. I loved video games. I love video games. I love fucking computer games. I love fucking everything in regards to PC. I just love playing games. I love competing. And I found what I wanted to do very early on. In the beginning, I thought the only way to work with games was to create games. So in the beginning, I had a dream to make games. And maybe at some point in my life, I'm going to make games too. But I actively chased what I love. You know, there's this YouTuber. He's a blacksmith. Okay, he's a blacksmith. And he just makes weapons. Just fucking makes weapons. And people watch him. And he loves blacksmithing. He loves blacksmithing. He loves making weapons. And through that passion and through pouring himself into something that he loves, that, that is infectious, you know? That is truly infectious. It's, it's inspirational. It's nice to watch. You know, it's intriguing for me. I remember like Whippo is watching this channel. Gugu cooking or something. Gogo cooking. I, I don't know what it is. But there's this guy who makes steaks with really random ingredients. He like marinates a steak in Fanta, as an example. And this guy is, it's clear that this guy loves what he's doing. You know, he's, he's, he loves what he's doing and he made his own thing into it. And just watching his passion in itself is so infectious, you know? And sometimes, you know, that leap is very difficult to make. Very difficult to make that leap. It's not the same for everyone. I was very lucky with my opportunity. Uh, Working in your day-to-day, knowing that you are saving up for something, will go a long way, I think. You know, whether you're passionate about something, you love something, let's say you love Warhammer, you want to open up a shop at some point in time, you just want to work with Warhammer, that's what you love. You love Warhammer. And maybe you have to work that job that you don't like, but at least, you know, you have a goal in mind. You have a goal in mind, and then you need to choose that time when, when the right time is for you to make that leap. 
And sometimes for some people, uh, that leap, maybe you never find an opportunity. You know, all of us are in, in, in different circumstances. You know, some people need to take care of family and, uh, and they are not capable of uh, taking such risks. And, and that's, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, pride in that too. But I think if you have a choice, you know, because you say, how do you again to choose a life and career path? I think follow what you love. Because the best version of yourself is when you are truly working with something that you are passionate and, in, in, and infatuated with. Because it's noticeable. You see right away when someone loves what they do. And the, the curious thing about it as well is when you follow what you love, along the way you find different things. You really, really find different things. Exactly like Cyan Reaper is writing in the chat. When you reach your goal, did you, did you get that feeling that it wasn't what you imagined it to be? Yes. Because keep in mind, first I wanted to work and create video games. And then I started playing, I, I played video games, I competed, I loved playing tournaments. And I wanted to sustain myself by elo boosting. So I was elo boosting and playing tournaments. That's how I sustained myself. And then eventually LEC was announced. Not announced, but I heard some rumblings about it. I was like, holy shit. This is my way of getting a salary. Ship boom. Gorgeous. Very excited about it. So with that in mind, I uh, wanted to find ways to continue being a pro player. I just wanted to be a pro player. That's all I did. And then I went into casting. I played LCS for the first time. Played in spring. And then, uh, you know, our, my team sucked. And um, afterwards, uh, I created Heimerdinger's Colossi. I played with Mithy, Freeze, and some other players. And then eventually I went into casting. I casted on, the, on Swedish national television, which I had no, no clue what was happening, but I followed what I loved, which was League of Legends at the time. I, and still... Um, I cast the League of Legends, and then eventually, fucking Mr. Alas, Mithy, Nuktak, they're like, yo, you should fucking coach. I'm like, okay, let's try it. And in my mind, <laughs> I'm chasing what I love because I thought if I get to live in a gaming house, I coach the players during, during the day, and then, fuck it. I just, you know, play solo queue. And back when the team that I coached first, I was better than these players that I was coaching because uh, I could have pulled the Jesses. And um, the fact is, I didn't because I fell in love with coaching. I had no idea I was going to be there, but I followed what I love. Usually following what you love, you'll be, they'll be surrounded by other things you'll fall in love with, you know? Didn't you play with Björk? Yes, I did. I played with Björkson. Played with Björkson, played with Sven, played with Jensen, played with Svenskeren for a day. For a day I played with Svenskeren. Um, who else? Tabs. I played with Tabs, Nukeduck, so forth. Let's do one more. John Deere Abuser. Hello, boss. What would you advise someone who's been broken by SolQ and is ranked depressed? Take a break. League of Legends is highly, highly addictive. Very, very addictive. 
this game is filled with dopamine hits. Fucking every time you get a minion, it's like you won a fucking jackpot at a casino, you know? <laughs> it's just fucking every time you kill a minion, casino. And then support. Support was boring because there was no casino element. So they added a little casino element. Use your Targon's Brace, you get a little money. Money. Generating gold. Why do you think fucking... Um, um, Senna is so fun to play? Every time you shoot someone... Phew, money! <laughs> it's a fucking dopamine hit. You fucking pick up some souls. Gold. Why does everything in the game give gold? The fuck is a dopamine hit? Boom! You kill a mushroom, gold. Ward, gold. Minions, gold. You pick up a soul, gold. Kill a ward, gold. Gold. Dragon, 25 gold. Why the fuck not? 25 gold. Boom! Dopamine. Fucking kill a dragon? Woo! Whoosh. Fucking noise. Dopamine hit. Boom! Fucking when, when the lady, when the lady fucking shouts, you know, pentakill, boom, fucking dopamine hit, double kill, an ally has been slain, depression. <laughs> Last hit nexus, 50 gold, inhibitor, 50 gold, tower, gold, raptor, gold, killing enemies, gold, everything, gold. Spell Thief's Edge, harass the enemy, gold. Disconnected, depression. <laughs> Inhibitor does not give gold? Really? I thought it gave 50 gold, did it change that? Is that why HOTS failed, you think? I'm pretty sure it gives gold. Yeah, it gives 50 gold. Fucking, you're trying to ruin my analogy here? So my point is, you know, this game can be very, very addictive. Very, very addictive. And sometimes, you know, we go back, you know, we just go back. It's like, oh, my, I played the whole day. I lost ELO. And I wasted my entire day. And then you just, in that moment in time, we realize that this game is not doing anything good for us. Doesn't do anything good for us. And then we come back the next day, expecting that something will be different today. Today will be a win streak. Today we're going to climb. And then it's like one year passes and you've just been hovering around the same elo, right? And sometimes people don't know when to take a break. If you take a break, you know, you just need to, once again, you need to fucking, you need to detox yourself, you know, you just fucking get away from fucking, get away from the game. It's the same. First win of the day. That's a dangerous one. They want you to come back every day. <laughs> they want you to come back every day. First win of the day. That's a dangerous one. Come back. Come back. I love, I remember those, uh, uh, JRPGs that had like 
first day login bonus, second day in a row login bonus, third day login bonus, and then you see at the bottom, 14 login day bonus, it's a big ass fucking chest, because they want you to have a little taste, and then they know you're gonna stick around. First win of the day, oh you lost that first game, I need first win of the day bro. Daily missions, boom. You like League of Legends, each time you level up, noise, it's the same. Fucking World of Warcraft, what a fucking clever design. Clever design, World of Warcraft. When you level up, what a fucking sound. That sound in itself, ooh. It makes me feel good, that sound, when you level up. Every time you loot someone, they put a little bit of money. Little bit of money, you get some copper. Get some copper just for that copper sound. See your, your, your money go into your bag. Yeah, it's just... They, they need to keep bringing you back in, right? They need to keep you in the game. They, they want to keep you in the game. And there's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of social engineering that goes into a lot of the aspects of every application that you use, every fucking game that you play, and every fucking, you know, Twitter and Facebook and every social media app that you use. There's a lot of elements that are trying to make you stay. You know, getting a notification. Why, why do you think, like, the, the, the maximum amount of notification you can have on Twitter is 20. 20 plus. It's like 20 plus, and then it's like, wow. So you just want to click it. Oh, what was that? 20 plus? What's that? 20 plus. Okay. Then you go back. You get another notification. Oh, what is it? And you press notifications like, yeah, someone liked your tweet? Wow, you don't fucking give a shit, but you press it anyway. You know? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But with that being said, I recommend that you take a break, brother. This game can be dangerous. Very dangerous. Who's the best all-time Swedish top laner? I, I don't think anyone is close to my pedigree. Okay. I believe I missed a couple... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I missed a couple of questions before I jumped into uh, John Deere Abuser. But he did the thing where he tagged me, so just... It took my attention. Well, with that being said, thank you very much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I think we have uh, streamed enough for today. Two hours. It's a long episode. I wish you all uh, the absolute best. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. Uh, I need to figure out who to host. Let's find someone to host. Let's uh, host Pete. Let's host Pete. When will you upload on YouTube? Uh, eventually. Yo, if, if we get to 100k subs on YouTube, yo, I have, I'll, I'll do something special. I was thinking, you know, I could do a cover of uh, Bakamitai. Dami dane, dami you, dami nanune.
If I get to 100k subs, maybe we do some, some silly shit like that. Someone earlier wrote about um, the book, The Four Agreements. I have it right here. It's kind of funny. This is the back book that I always go back to, The Four Agreements. Uh, someone wrote about it in the chat uh, before, and uh, um, I didn't answer you, which I'm sad that I didn't, but uh, super cool book. I love this book. With that in mind, I wish you all the best. Let's uh, raid uh, Swalaspa. Swalaspa, what the fuck is Swalaspa? Pete, 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 Pete. Raid now. <laughs> 